Hello and welcome to this latest edition of the Powder Blue Podcast. Right close here with Jeff Mosher. And Jeff, the Phillies are hanging in despite being out. Bryce Harper, Zach Eflin, Ranger Suarez, Gene Segura. The number keeps adding up, but the Phillies are still kind of hanging in there. They are. They are. As we record this podcast, Frank, they have moved into the uh, final wild card spot if the season were to end today. Now, there's a lot of baseball left to play. But as you mentioned, there's also a lot of Phillies that are left to return to the lineup. And that I think the all-star break coming up here next week comes at a really good time. We'll see who can come back after it but they're, they've kind of look you know we talked about this uh last week with with Bryce Harper out you know and obviously Greg Hall was did a great job pinch hitting for you Frank um you know there, there were certain people that were going to have to kind of come through or else the Phillies were going to be dead and you know obviously we knew Kyle Schwarber would have to keep it up and he has even though it seemed unsustainable but we talked about Nick Castellanos we talked about JT Real Muto and when you go back and look at the last two series and then the first you know obviously we're in the middle of the national series here but from the Braves to the Cardinals you know you saw some big hits from Real Muto and from Castellanos and then of course the unsung part is the bullpen it strangely I'll say has has done a really nice job over the last few weeks and I don't say strangely because I always equate and we talked about this last show Frank a, a good bullpen where everybody knows their roles and Tomper is um not necessarily defining roles for everybody. It seems like he's just trying to get one really good inning out of some of the guys who were struggling last month and is starting to do that, whether it's Alvarado, Knievel, Nelson. And they've kind of relied on starters going long and getting one good inning from whoever it is he's going to bring in for whatever moment. I mean, across the bullpen, they've, they've been good. I mean, Nick, Nick yeah. Nelson done a good job bridging the gap between the four inning starts from the falters of the world. Uh, right. you got Alvarado's actually getting people out again. Yep. Uh, Corey Knebel getting people out again. He started looking good again and he kind of admitted he was throwing rather than pitching. So I, and Andrew Bellotti, got one out of familiar the other night. Yeah, there you go. I mean, it was <laughs> with a big lead, right? But, hey. Uh, but hey, this, I mean, the bullpen's working. It's still Mark Appel still hanging out. Uh, although Connor Brogdon will be back soon. You know, the, mm-hmm. they, you know, when Connor Brogdon went down and you thought, Oh shoot, what are they going to do? Cause he was, right. he was really stepping up for them. And then, uh, looks like Brogdon has been with the team and throwing, so he should be back soon, uh, from his, uh, little battle with COVID there. So, um, it, it, you gotta feel good about where the Phillies bullpen is at. I do. I really do. I do. I think, I, do. I wonder if it's sustainable or are they just, you know, getting so they, they've had the ability. And I think this is what good teams do, right? When you, when you have a lead by more than three or four runs and you bring in a reliever and it's not a tight, high leverage situation, that guy can just kind of go out and do his thing. And and certainly lately compared to the for April and, and May, they've had more games where they've had some comfortable leads and they've been able to, not to, not to say that there have not been higher leverage situations. There have been, but I also think like in the case of Familia, we mentioned um, there was one the other night where Nelson came in, I think he had more than a two run lead. So it just, it's, it's been an opportunity for them to kind of work out their kinks and not have to worry that if they put one guy on base, then they're going to completely implode. Yeah, and, and Andrew Bellotti, that's the one that really Bilotti, kind of right. threw me, threw me, threw me off. No, Bellotti's been well pitching yeah. very, very, very well. Mm-hmm. You know, in his last fifteen games, or excuse, oh, actually goes back further than that. So let's see here. 
His last 15 games, sorry, last seven games, he's got a whip of .60. So, yeah. so that, that, that's, that's, that's not so bad, right? I mean, he's getting, uh, he's getting outs. Um, yeah, he did, he, he was responsible for one of the losses, but, but he's actually been pretty good. And of course, he even picked up that one save in the last seven of his appearances, right? So, <laughs> but that, that day where you didn't know who was actually available and not available, and then in comes Bilotti and then saves the game, right? So, uh, so, so they've been getting contributions across the board and, and, uh, Bilotti has been a big, big part of that. He had a few losses early, but, um, so far, but, but looking pretty good. So, so when, and as Bilotti was kind of like your last guy in the bullpen before. So, yeah. uh, not so bad. Now he was sort of like the poster child, I would say, for everything going wrong with the team right around the time of Joe Girardi's firing. I mean, he had come in and had a couple of really bad outings. And I remember you and I, would say, why is Andrew Bellotti even out there in like the 12th inning, you know, of, of a divisional game and there to blow it? But, uh, you know, he really has turned it around and the whole, again, the whole bullpen has pitched well. Some of that might just be some of the scheduling, you know, but it's not like the Cardinals are an easy team. Certainly not. And of course the Braves are not an easy team either. So uh, look at this point, you're just looking for progress and development. I think you've seen it both. Again, do I expect this to be the number one bullpen, uh, you know, on the way? I don't want to, I don't want to sit here and sound like John Middleton of two years ago. Or no, that was, that was not like John that. Middleton. That was, uh, that was McPhail who called Oh, was it? Oh, that's yeah. Right. Yeah, that's right. Andy McPhail from a few years ago noting the great September bullpen, uh, after a collapse. But, uh, but it has been a, uh, it's been a pleasant surprise. And also, Frank, I mean, there are some guys here who should just, they ha- you know, whether it's Brad Hand or Sir Anthony Dominguez or, or guys who have succeeded before and Alvarado, Familia, like they should, they should be able to get some outs in certain situations. Yeah. And they have been, of course, uh, unfortunately, Dominguez, uh, couldn't hold on to one game, but, uh, yeah, which that was, was a, tough, which was a bummer, but, uh, but yeah, but, but that's, that's really been a big part of this success. Now, uh, let's talk a little bit then about, uh, what, what could be a little bump ahead. Now, down, down, one starter, you had Bailey Falter uh, as your backup. Now you've had to go down one step deeper to Christopher Sanchez, who, who had an admirable start uh, up in the major leagues against the Nationals on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're, they're living kind of dangerously now, right? I mean, they absolutely have to pick up a starting pitcher, right? They do, Frank. Although, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. And it sounds as if they're going to get Eflin back by next week, maybe to finish that, that Cardinal series out on Monday. Um, if not that game, then maybe one of the Blue Jays games, assuming he can actually go to Toronto. I mean, that's something we'll have to talk about, um, either next podcast or whatever, because, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot of unvaccinated players, I guess, who aren't going to be able to make that trip. Um, so, uh, it sounds like Eflin will come back soon. And Suarez with the back spasms, which was kind of troubling, but is there a kind of a timetable? I thought he it was, it was supposed to not be like a really long-term injury I don't, for him. Yeah, right? I don't think, I don't think, so for Eflin, it was a knee bruise, right? So, but they did have to treat it with cortisone, I think. Right. Uh, so that, but that, that, that makes you nervous because of the, you know, if that, that kind of thing flares up again, Eflin yes. with the bum knee, which has been a kind of a recurring issue for him, uh, is not Eflin when he's good. And, uh, Suarez, you kind of knew something was kind of bugging him or something. You could just tell the way he was pitching. So hopefully that's something they can get together quickly. But 
again, you're living dangerously if you're only two backup starters or Sanchez and Falter <laughs> and yeah. one more injury. What are they even going to do? I don't know. I mean, they, they, you're absolutely right. They need, uh, among their list of other things, they'll need a starter. Would be nice to get another reliever. And it would be nice to get a center fielder. So, yeah. I mean, those are going to be all topics on discussion. You know, last show, me and Greg talked about the, um, the, the Rangers, if they really fall out of it, maybe trying to pry one or two of those guys. Uh, obviously they're, their pitcher, um, whose name is escaping me. And Martin Jamie, Perez. Yeah, Martin. I don't know why I call him Jamie. Uh, Martin Perez will probably be a commodity at the trade deadline. And maybe you can kind of get him like they did last year, him and a reliever like they got with um, Gibson and, and uh, uh, the closer. Uh, Ian Kennedy. Kennedy. Yeah. Right. So that would be nice if they could pull off a double dip there. But there are probably some other pitchers around the league that, that they, the Phillies will have their eye on. Yeah, you know, the, the Rangers, it's funny. You guys said that. And I, and by the way, I did listen. As soon as it was posted, I was on my way in the car to, to, to Kentucky. So mm-hmm. I had plenty of time to listen. And like, Appreciate yeah, that was it. a good name. And then the Rangers had a really good, uh, little, um, <laughs> little good run there that made yeah. you think, all right, well, maybe they're in it, but now they, they kind of fell flat again. And, and now Spencer Howard's back in the major leagues for the, the Rangers and trying to show that he belongs after having a 10 ERA, uh, his first go at it. So you, you got to think the Rangers might be in more limbo than than uh, the flashes of brilliance they show. Like we said before, the, the 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 games that John Gray pitches and and Martin Perez pitches are different than the other games they play. So right, and the Phillies had them had both of them in both of the two game series. So um, so so we'll see what happens with the uh, with who's available because again these extra wild cards you've got more teams that are in it uh, for longer. And then that means more teams that are probably going to be trying to uh, compete with you for those type of players. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one one name that I really like that I keep bringing up is Merrill Kelly of the Diamondbacks. Yes. Philly, Phillies were interested in him last year. He's kind of Kyle Gibson-like, uh, but he gives you some good starts. Uh, he has some starts that aren't so great at times, but but overall kind of a solid uh, stabilizing force in a starting rotation. Now, I don't know what the Nationals are going to, excuse me, the, uh, Nationals, the Diamondbacks are going to want for Merrill Kelly, but, mm-hmm. but he's somebody that at least has some control after this year. You know, like, like they showed last year with, with Gibson, they were okay to, to give up, uh, somebody promising like Howard as long as they got more than just a two month rental. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be, you know, I know a lot of people want to focus on, on the A's and getting Frankie Montes and maybe a Montes and Loriano pairing. But I just think that that's going to cost too much. I mean, I, I don't know that yeah. the, 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 the Phillies have what it takes. I'm, I was looking more at like Baltimore and wondering if maybe you can pry a Jordan Lyles, not that he's great, but you know, or Tyler Wells, you know, so one of their, I, I never know the contract situations of some of these guys, whether they're controllable or not, but if there's somebody there that you can kind of bring in, that might be someone kind of worth, worth, uh, you know, bringing in. Cause you're, again, you're not, you don't, would it be great to bring in a Frankie Montes? Yes. It would be wonderful. You could bring in an ace and bump everybody down. However, <laughs> the, the likelihood of being able to have enough in your farm to give up to get a guy like that, I think is going to be very, very difficult. You know, I don't think, I don't think we want to, the Phillies want to ship Andrew Painter out. Uh, no, right they're, they're right not. Yeah. They're not. Yeah, they're definitely not their two young starters, but uh, and I think they'd like to keep Logan Ohapi too. Although I did see a couple people out there kind of suggest that in the right deal they might 
since they have a ton of catching depth. But uh, yeah, I would I would not be averse to trading Ohapi only because of the 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 fact that you have JT under contract for a while and the rareness of the position having such an impact on your lineup all the time, you know? Yeah. I mean, they got Marshawn, who of course is now hurt uh, thanks to a dirty play uh, mm-hmm. last week. Um, but, but even Donnie Sands, someone they, they got in the deal with uh, Nick Nelson uh, mm-hmm. from the, the Yankees, he's, he's playing out of this world at AAA. And then, so, so now you've got three catchers in your system that maybe could, could help, help a major league team down the line. So right. they're in a, they're in a, they're in an enviable uh, situation for catching right now. But uh, by the way, you mentioned Montas. He he actually has uh, been out with right shoulder yes. inflammation. He's going to miss his next start after he left uh, his last start after just one inning. So he might not be the guy to to go after here. Um, anyway, because if you're, if you're looking for stability, uh, he might not be the one to get it. But yeah, but the tendency is to look at the bad teams and, right. and see what they have available. Uh, you know. The Reds, of course, should be active. You know, Luis Castillo is a name that's been forever a trade rumor. Wouldn't be a bad one. No, it would be a bad one, but again, he might cost too much. I, w- I would think that that they would move him. And although I did read something that said, well, they might want to pair him with Mike Mustakis to get rid of the Mustakis money, but uh, if they uh, Phillies have nowhere to really put Mustakis, <laughs> they've, they've got <laughs> enough DHs, right? So, um, and I don't think Mustakis can even be passable at second base anymore, as he briefly was for the Reds. Yeah, uh, I, so. I don't have much interest there. <laughs> now, speaking of, well, he's a former Royal. I know that, you know, and I read a John Heyman report that literally any team that needs a hitter has called up about Andrew Benatendi. Mm-hmm. I, I must be sort of on on an island with this. I'm not a huge Benatendi guy. Like, I get that he does things well. He gets on base, plays good center field, so he would fit what what the Phillies need. But I, I mean, to me, he's like a glorified singles hitter. Like he's not a difference maker in your lineup. And I don't know, I guess maybe if you're envisioning Segura coming back in a couple of weeks and you can put like him and Ben Attendee at the top of your lineup and maybe move Schwarber if you want to, to clean. I, I wouldn't touch it right now, but I can, you can make an argument for it um, with Harper out. Maybe that makes your lineup a little better and deeper. I just, I'm just not a huge Ben Attendee fan. I don't, I feel like he's not a, he, he just gets on base. I, I don't know. There are a lot of guys around where you can do that. Yeah. You know what? I, I, I think, I, I think, I think if you get somebody like him, it's because he can play some defense in the outfield. I mean, he would have to be your center fielder. Yes. If, if they get him. And yeah, you know, I don't think, I don't think the bat's the kind that's going to, that's going to light the world on fire. He is having a good season though, uh, at the plate. So. Um, that, that's look why. At his, he, look at his, I guess, check, take a look at his like slugging person. I mean, he's, he's like, again, he's, I'm not poo pooing a guy who, who bats 310, but it does, he's got not a lot of homers, not a lot of RBIs. I don't even think he has that many doubles for a guy who's hitting as well as he has. So yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, again, I, I'm not anti Andrew Benatendi, I guess, because I was responding to the, t- the report from Heyman that so many teams have offered or called up about him that they're expecting a haul. And I'm like, a haul? Well, what's a haul for a guy who's a glorified singles hitter? I, you know, I, yeah, I don't know about, I don't know about a haul, but I mean, when you consider the type of player he is, right. Mm-hmm. And you consider his contract status, free agent to be like, you know, that's the kind of guy that other teams are just going to assume is available. 
to yes. give you a call, right? I mean, that's, of course. So, I mean, in terms of number of people calling, doesn't mean that the value is is astronomical, or all of a sudden there's sudden sudden demands, right? You know, right? I mean, right. The, you know, there are times uh, at the store if if I see something that's on sale, I might buy it, but it doesn't mean I'm going to really like break down the door and fight with other people for it, you know? Right. <laughs> you know, if, if it's not something you absolutely have to have, right? So. I, I don't know. I, I, he probably will be moved to somebody, but uh, just 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 because so that's what happens right. when you have free agents to be and you're the Royals in their situation. You got to find a way to cash in some of those assets, you know. Right. If Perez on the IL and Mondesi on the IL, like like they're, yeah, they're done. Like a, they got yeah. It's yeah. just a dead season for them. Like I, yeah. I mean, they could also trade Michael A. Taylor, uh, someone who could play some, some sure. center field. Uh, you know that I could see the Phillies grabbing him. I mean, mm-hmm. he's having a solid, solid-ish season. I mean, hitting 265, but, but can play you some, some defense in center field. I mean, I could see them doing that. Uh, you know, he mm-hmm. certainly would cost less than, um, than a bet attendee, but, but the, yeah, but how about center field? Let's, so, so, so really quick, by the way, Ben attendee has 13 doubles. I mean, that's fourth on his own team behind Merrifield, Dozier, Witten, and, and, well, those three. So he's tied with Sal Perez, a catcher who's been hurt. Yep. <laughs> For doubles and, uh, so again, yeah, yeah, just, it sort of illustrates what kind of player he's been. So how bad do you think the Phillies need a center fielder? I mean, Odubel yeah. badly misplays a ball last night, uh, that kind of leads to two runs and the Phillies lose by one. Yeah, they need someone badly. They, they really do. I mean, they, they need somebody who can play center field well and also compensate for Castellanos playing there in right field. I mean, the Derek Hall call up. You know, we, I, I didn't see it coming. To be honest, no, I know we had neither. a big bat. Yeah, but I mean, I just figured that they wanted to keep, especially after the first game, right? That Harper was gone first game or two. They had Castellanos at DH and it just felt so good <laughs> to have yeah. Castellanos out of, out of right field. And, um, who was there? I think Veerling they put in right field. And he makes like a really nice catch in one of those games yeah, and yeah. It just everything was good there. Um, and now it's like, oh, you bring up Derek Hall. Okay. You got a bat and listen. The guy's hit. I mean, he's done well. Um, but it just feels like, I don't know, is that what they needed more so than more stability in their, in their, their defensive outfield? I think it's, it's, well, like, here's what I think about Hall. And, and, and I'm the one who had to eat my words because on the radio, like the day before they call him up, I'm saying publicly, like, no, I don't think they want to move Castellanos out of the DH spot. And I don't think they want to spend two roster spots on first right. baseman. But I guess, I guess here's where it makes sense, right? The trade deadline's coming up at the end of the month. Actually, August second this year. The way things worked out, I guess they gave him a few more days after the uh, they missed a few a series. But uh, I think their thought process was this: they got to figure out if he can help a major league team before they go and get somebody else. So, mm-hmm. so I think that was kind of the the thought process behind that. And by the way, the other thing the Phillies did, which was which was damn near brilliant, which I didn't expect, is how they cleared two spots for the forty man roster. Now that is them spending stupid money because mm-hmm. what they did was they called up not one but two and they could do this a third time if they really really need to um with 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 the uh Hans Kraus spot uh as well but they call up Damon Jones they mm-hmm. call up James McArthur and then immediately put them on the 60 day IL which means they are getting full major league salaries and benefits <laughs> yep not because they earned a promotion but because that enables the Phillies to play with the roster have an extra 40 man spot for, for Hall, opened mm-hmm. up a second one. Um, they can do that again because Hans Kraus is on the IL in the minor leagues right now. 
Uh, Marshawn's on the. I, I, I have to really see how how Marshawn's doing after that dirty play, but mm-hmm. but they're spending money on these roster. Basically, they bought roster spots, <laughs> so um, that 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 shows that they were uh, they're, they're they're willing still to spend some money. Sure. No, I think it was a genius move, and it really helped them. I just I guess I'm just surprised by the asset then allocation to do that to bring up Paul. Um, I guess there were, there was not a pitcher that they were going to bring. I thought maybe they would just give themselves an extra arm because they really already had the bat there, you know, with, even with Bryce going down, they had the extra outfielders and, and Castellanos who I thought would be DHing. So I don't know. We'll, well see. They, uh, we'll see how long this thing goes though. They tried to slip Oscar Mercado through waivers and yeah, the, the guardians claimed him right back. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe, the, maybe the guardians thought that they could slip him through waivers. We're surprised the Phillies grabbed him and then they, <laughs> they guys have to... w- way more hours in air than he has on the field lately. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, really. And, and the DFA limbo too, uh, not to mention. So, but, uh, the Phillies grab a, a pitcher of Sam Clay from the nationals hasn't really done that well in the major leagues, mm-hmm. uh, thus far, but he is a lefty and we, I don't know. I've always heard my whole life that lefties take longer to develop. So, uh, so Sam Clay is something that, that, uh, was, was an addition, um, uh, that they used one of the spots for after they could, they failed to keep Mercado around, uh, right. uh, outrighted, uh, but, uh, um, that was a, that was that roster spot. But, you know, Michael Kelly, I don't know that he's going to stick around on the roster. Uh, Kenty Manuel is on the 60 day IL. He is on the, the men's, um, in fact, I was hearing you could see Kent Emanuel, Perhaps, uh, next year, uh, next year, next week, excuse me. Um, uh, he might make his debut this year, uh, after a night. He had a pretty nice year with the, you know, Kent Emanuel, the Phillies grabbed him and you ended up not really, uh, hearing anything about him because he's been hurt, but, uh, mm-hmm. but he's gone through the system on rehab assignments. He's, he, he did one in Clearwater, uh, one in Reading, and then he's been in, uh, Lehigh Valley the last couple weeks. So he's probably ready to be activated, but, uh, but yeah, Kent Emanuel, Phillies claim him on waivers from the Astros. Uh, maybe he could help the bullpen soon as well. So they're going to need a roster spot for him because he's on the 60 day. So, mm. um, so yeah, there is a little bit of a roster crunch. I know this was a, this, we ended up on all these tangents talking about, uh, Derek Hall, but, um, but. Well, it really started off with center field. And yeah. Whether, yeah. <laughs> but to yeah, answer, exactly. so to answer your question, like, I, I no, I, I, you know, and I've been done with Odubel Herrera for a long time. So they're, they're basically playing Matt Vierling at whatever position they want to play him at in, in, a, in an odd way. And, you know, I, I was scared to death that night that he played third base, but apparently held his own. So we were scared he did to have death that of, one wild throw. And he, yeah, that's true. He had one wild throw, but you know, for, for the Phillies, that's not, you know, that's just par for the course. Yeah. I mean, he's played second base. He's played right field. He's played center field, right? Vierling? Oh yeah, yeah. Plenty. Yeah. Plenty. So why don't we, why don't they just go with a Vierling? Moniac platoon. And listen, I understand. I know how unpopular it is to say play Moniac at all, even over Odubel Herrera, but they don't have that many options. And I just want Moniac to get at bats. I know he's not a major league baseball player right now. You know what? Tampa Bay has a, has a big stud, Josh Lowe, who's doing terribly. They're platooning him, but they're trying to work it and figure it out. So he's not going to get any better unless he gets more opportunities. And even though he doesn't deserve them, he can at least play center field 10 times better than Odubo Herrera can. So if you want to take a Vierling platoon with Moniak, I'm okay with it. 
And honestly, they have the roster Herrera. spot that Herrera could, could, could yield you. Now, Herrera, uh, he did have a few hits the other day, but then looked awful in his last at bat. But, but really in his last 15 games, he's batting 146. Yeah. So, uh, with an, with an on-base percentage of 196. So, yeah, his OPS in that stretch is a lusty, like, 342. <laughs> yeah. Right. Just doing the quick math in my head. So, so he has, uh, yeah, he hasn't really helped them at the plate. And, you know, right now without Bryce Harper, games like last night are the games you lose because of your defense. You know, like when you know your offense isn't going to click the way it used to, mm-hmm. you can't afford to. And, and I thought the St. Louis game was kind of similar. You know, these were the types of games that with a Harper in the center of your lineup, you can overcome. I don't yep. think you can overcome some of these wins or, or when you're giving away uh, outs like, like Herrera did and giving up two runs in the field. Right. Right. And, um, you know, it's, it would be one thing if Herrera was compensating by hitting well. He's streaky, but he hasn't even been on a good streak in, in quite a while. He's just, he's not even the player he was three or four years ago when he hit a lot of doubles and he's just, it feels like he regresses every week. Mm-hmm. And now, even defense, he's continues to regress there. So as unpopular as it sounds, I'll be, ha- I would be happy with a veerling Moniac platoon, but I, it feels to me that they want to have a Herrera Moniac platoon and use veerling as the super utility guy because they're going to want to some nights give Bryson Stott a rest and play veerling at second base and, or, or third and, you know, fine, whatever, but I'd rather just keep them his bat in the lineup, not that it's been great, but it's been better than some, some of the other guys and just, you know, platoon with Moniac. And if you wanted to do it, like not just a like, straight platoon, but you play Vueling against the lefties and Moniac against the righties and, or, or whatever, if you want to give more 66% of the games to Vueling, I'd be fine with that. Well, I mean, the Phillies are still back to three second baseman on the IL. So right now yeah, you kind yeah. you kind of need Verling as one of your, your infielders, unfortunately. Yep. Um, but, um, you know, Nick now, does it make time come back, come back soon? soon? Yeah. yeah. I think Camargo, I mean, I yeah. heard they're both not, not long-term, uh, going to be out, but, uh, I haven't heard an update on Nick Maton in a while, but, uh, but yeah, if, if you get one of these guys back, mm-hmm. then maybe, maybe, maybe you have to rethink things. Cause I mean, eventually you're going to, you're going to have to, you're going to have to squeeze some people here. Um, I, let me see here. I'm just, yesterday there was an, an update on Maton. Let me just double check. Uh, what the, what they said here? I thought it was supposedly July fifteenth, which would be next week. Oh, he's gonna, okay. He's be... Maton is DHing uh, Thursday in Clearwater. That's he's going to start his uh, rehab assignment there. So he's going to he's going to so bat he plays some a couple games. Come yeah, up. and we'll see what what they got left here. But uh, yeah, so but also to make a move then, right? When he gets activated, they will have to make a move. Correct. So. It almost feels like Derek Hall's next three games are going to be very interesting because I can see them putting him right back down if if he starts to like strike out a bunch, or if he keeps hitting and doing what he's doing, then maybe they have to like where do you, do you think that they make the move on the pull the plug on Odubel at that point? Uh, part of me, I mean, so the, so the easy, I want to say almost the the lazy move. I mean, the easy move. I mean, you can always option Moniac. I mean, I think yeah. I, I, but you, you gotta ask, when are you going to get to the point where like, you don't start, you, you stop that? <laughs> you know what I mean? The, the easy move, you know, where you, you treat, I get the idea that you want to retain as many players as you possibly can. Right. But, you know, if the Phillies 
can acquire an outfielder later, then you got to think that that Herrera can't can't sustain that. Uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe Moniak ends up being trade bait for somebody. You know, maybe somebody's willing to take it. You know, a Royals, right? Royals can just throw him out there and let him play every day and let him work itself out, you know? Yeah. Whereas a contending team like the Phillies might not be able to do that. Right. So in that case, would you want to, do you want to send him down to AAA to hope that his, he hits just a little bit better and starts to showcase what he is? Well, I mean, I, from what I understand, the reason why he's here now and why they, they took the chance on Mercado there was, was that they're facing a lot of ready starters and, and this was going to be his chance. Well, of course, <laughs> who was in uh, center field last night? Uh, Odubel Herrera. So, yep. so they either, they either got to use them or I don't know. I don't know. They got to make up their mind. I think that's, that's the biggest thing here. They need to make a decision and stick with it. Yeah. Well, you know what my decision would be. It's time we, to move we on. do. It's been well, let's time. talk about Hall for a second in his own okay. merit, right? I mean, so 259 in his first 27 major league at bats, three home runs, five RBI, uh, is that enough to stick around? I mean, everybody likes home runs and people will remember the home runs because they're memorable, of course, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. he's got a double in there too. Uh, he hasn't walked yet, but, um, but what do you, what do you think of him so far? Well, you know, it's such a small sample size. Obviously, he had the home run, then he came back the next night and hit two. And I had a feel, we see this a lot with kind of the, the sluggers at the minor leagues. They come in, the pitchers don't know them, throw them a fastball, yanks it out of the yard. Um, you know, I thought the first sign of, Maybe like wondering if he can keep it up was the, uh, was Tuesday night's game, um, against the Nationals and the, the pitcher, uh, Josiah Gray did a nice job throwing him some, some breaking stuff. And, you know, a couple of times he was behind the count and still got him to swing it, especially that last at bat. I think, I think it was 3-0 and he wound up striking out. So, and that was a really crucial at bat. So he's going to probably start to see some more, a lot more breaking stuff to, to prove that he can lay off of it. Um, but at the same point, someone hangs one. He looks like he can just yank it out of the yard pretty quickly there. So uh, I think these next, I guess probably the next two series are going to be pretty big for him. I'm looking at I'm looking at where his hits have come from. They've they've come from the opposite side of the strike zone. You know, one one of his home runs was straight down the middle of fastball. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, one of them was on the other side of the strike zone down the middle, mm-hmm. and then one was uh, sort of on the lower left side of it, you know, opposite him. And then mm-hmm. two of his hits uh, that were kind of down and away. So if you pitch it, the early data suggests you just need to pitch him in <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's not going to hit something, but, but, but we'll see. I mean, you know, in the major leagues that happens, they you figure out how to make adjustments and uh, right. Um, maybe he can make them. I mean, of course, famously Don Brown never made them right. He never was able to figure out right. uh, how to overcome people, Figuring him out, and so that was the end of his story. But uh, but it's a nice story that Hall gets his chance, and uh, and we'll see what happens down the down the stretch. I mean, if the Phillies are at the end of July and they think they're a couple of weeks away from Harper, you know, maybe they just kind of hang on to Hall until Harper's back. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's that's how they play it. Or if he's uh, if he starts looking silly uh, <laughs> because they figured out how to pitch him, then maybe they get the bat. Yeah. Yep. So it's, it's, to me, it's, uh, he's got an opportunity to stick if he can continue to, and listen, I'm not saying hit a home run every night, but, you know, provide, the, the Phillies clearly need, among many things right now, is somebody in the middle of the lineup that can hit and drive in runs. Cause Schwarber's leading off. He's doing a great job there. Uh, but obviously Castellanos, he's, he's sort of coming out of it, but still not there yet. And same thing with, with, uh, JT. He's, 
coming out of it, but you need to see more. But, you know, as, as Gray showed the other night for Washington, if they run into a good pitcher, it's going to be hard for them to score some runs. Had, had a little trouble doing it in Atlanta, too. So they need offense. So he has an opportunity to stick around just by being consistent, drawing some walks here, not striking out. But I fear that, you know, with sluggers like this, if he starts just flailing at things, it's going to be a short stay for him. Well, the opportunities here, I mean, so I, I get it. The Phillies were smart to see if they have, see if they have something here. Uh, and, and good, and good for them. Again, they, 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 they manipulated the roster. Mm-hmm. We're able to, to, to give them a shot. And plus it's a, hey, it's a feel good story, right? Yes. That, well, it is a good story. And especially how he hit those three home runs pretty early. You know, you never know with, with guys like that making their first stint in the, in the majors. Yeah. And actually, I think what we're seeing too is, uh, and this is, this is something which, um, a lot of people might not realize, but missing that 2020 season in the minor leagues, right? Guys like him, uh, and even Matt Veerling for, too, like they didn't get a season mm-hmm. and, and they were at the level where they needed that season to show that they belong. Absolutely. And so you got the situation where a lot of teams really don't know what these guys are because they never really had that chance to develop. So, I mean, That's if you looked point. at, if you looked at Hall's numbers at double A Reading in 2019, um, yeah, he was a double, double A all-star, but he was, you know, some guy who hit, hit about 260, hit some home runs, but you know, how right. many guys have done that over the course of <laughs> minor league baseball, right? Yeah. I um, still remember when Hoskins was coming up and there was another guy named Dylan Cousins who was probably equivalent as far as power. I mean, it would hit a ton of home runs, driving RBIs, yep. but, but he wasn't the same guy. Like you knew that he was more of a 4A type player. And I, I did Dylan ever, Dylan got a few at bats in the majors, right? He never really got. He, he did actually like a, last big lefty to wear number 25 uh, on the Phillies before Hall. So right. Like, yeah, how about that? So, so uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. yeah. But cousins didn't stick, but Hey, uh, Hoskins did, you know, a double a, the two of them, uh, two of them were hitting homers oh, left and right. right. Uh, yeah. I remember being at the last game of that season uh, where, where cousins and Hoskins were kind of going back and forth to try to see who would hit more home runs that season. <laughs> <laughs> I forget which one hit one to take, to take the, uh, take the, uh, the, the team crowned that did. year. I, I, thought cousins I think it was, was cousins, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but that was, uh, gosh, feels like forever ago. <laughs> it does. It does. But that goes to show you some guys can, can rake in the, the, the minor leagues, especially at some of the, like in the PCL where all the, everybody hits home runs, right? Yeah. In that mountain air. But, um, it's, it's, there's a step. And so what this is like, this is right now that time period where you start to see if Derek Hall was, it can be a major leaguer or if he's going to be a guy who's just a raker at minor leagues and strikes out a lot. So we'll see. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So back to one thing you just brought up because I do, I do think that we're going to have an idea based upon what they do right now, but yeah, the, the, as what, what has been called the elephant in the room, what players aren't going to be allowed to play in Toronto. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and by the way, imagine that the, the blue Jays making the world series at like, Oh my Somebody God! Not what being an able advantage to play. they would have, or, or right? even in the playoffs for that matter, right? I mean, like if they make the playoffs, man, some, some, man, what an advantage they they do have. They have a home team advantage right now, right? I mean that 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 uh, absolutely a lot of their play, a lot of the opposition can't play. Um, but uh, if, all, from from what it sounds like, Zach Wheeler is somebody who would be allowed to pitch in Toronto, and if he's going to pitch in Toronto, they got to move him up and start him Friday. So I think uh, you know, thanks to the off day. And him pitching on Sunday, he could start on Friday and then do one of the two Toronto games. But uh, mm-hmm. it sounds like they're worried about who who pitches the second game in Toronto. So well, who who's who would normally? I haven't looked. How would the rotation normally go if it were to stay? 
Let's see. Well, Falter's on today, so tomorrow would be tomorrow mm-hmm. would be Gibson, and then Wheeler. So if they're, t- I mean, I would move Wheeler up anyway just to get him the extra start before the the break. I think that's what it would. I think that's mm. how it would work out. But uh, but yeah, but if you can push back the the Sanchez and Falter starts whenever possible, I might consider that. Um, so Aaron's not supposed to go against Toronto. I thought he was. Well, right th- now, as it's as it stands right now, uh, the I, Phillies have yeah. TBD for both both games. But yeah. uh, but yeah. pitching in pitching in St. Louis, the Phillies have Monday still TBD, uh, but they currently have Sanchez listed on Sunday, which would mean he can't pitch in in uh, Toronto. Wheeler on Saturday, mm-hmm. but he could go on Friday if if they wanted to. Thanks to right. the off day. So, right. Right. So yeah, I, that'll I, be interesting to see. Um, I I don't remember who reported it. Someone out there said that it's going to be several guys who aren't going to be able to make that trip. So well, we assume Arenola is one of them because Correct. he was he was public about uh, not getting vaccinated. So right. Um, so he's you know he's he pitched he pitched last night. So hopefully he can pitch. I guess he can pitch Mon. Uh, yeah, I guess he could pitch Monday against the mm-hmm. Cardinals. Uh, and then, then then he would uh, be out of the way before the series, but um, yeah, this, this is gonna be a tough one. I mean, <laughs> well, we're gonna know, we're gonna know who. So, uh, yep. but but it really stinks to to have some of your players not eligible to play. Um, you know, it's, it, when you it need will these, be tough. It'll when be you tough. need these wins against a good team. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. um. I was going to say, you wonder if more will be on the pitching, if it would be more from the pitching side, offensive side, even. Not sure there. It's going to, I mean, that's a good offense. Uh, some good players that the, the Blue Jays have on offense there. That'll be a tough series to be severely undermanned if that winds up being the case. So hopefully Wheeler will, will start tomorrow, Friday. Today's Thursday, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. We're, we're, we're off our game because of holidays and because of my trip and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, so. If Wheeler goes, if Wheeler goes tomorrow, you'll know that he can can go in Toronto. So we'll 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 see how they play that. Yeah. By the way, Nola the other night against Washington goes more than goes deeper for this in seven innings again. I think for the sixth straight time. Yeah, that's a good sign. Was re- I mean he's man. I mean, I, do do you say he's just as good, if not better, than 2018 Nola? I mean, he's been really darn good. I, it's hard to 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 nitpick and find things, you know. I mean, he's he's been great. Now this is this is exactly what they needed uh, out of out of Nola, especially especially stepping up, being down some of their off key offensive pieces. So yep. just just a shame if if Herrera had gotten that one extra out, you know, he could have had eight clean innings, uh, <laughs> one run. Would have been rough. Yep. And uh, instead, it's seven and two thirds, three earned. Because if the ball lands and nobody touches it, it's not an error. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which I think is a stupid rule, right? I mean, it's of course. Um, I, I well, let me say it depends. It sort of depends on. Uh, I no, it can be an error, right? If it doesn't have to touch, like, you I feel can like miss, if they don't. No, you're right. You're right. If it doesn't, yeah, touch he has the glove, to touch it. Like it has to yeah. bounce off his glove for it to be an error. Right. But even no matter how silly uh, he looks, but hey, yeah. Herrera, Herrera did at least contribute going over three at the point, right? <laughs> yeah, so, there you go. so maybe. Uh, Maybe that made up for it. By the way, yeah, it was a problem, but from Hall down to Stott, right? So the only hits in the game for the Phillies came from the the leadoff spot and, and the number three hole for the yeah. four hits. 
And uh but yeah, it just looks bad looking at the box score. Hall down through Stott, all zeros. Ugh. Yeah. One walk from Gregorius. By the way, before we before we before we head out, mm-hmm. uh Gregorius dealing with his knee, he's got no power right now. How worried Nothing. would you be about that? Would be or am I? I mean, he's just, are you? Yeah, I, I am. I mean, I really am because he's just. I mean, it's it's not like him not to be able to drive the ball, and he's been just. It's just been kind of one injury after another with him for the last few years, and this is the first time where I'm watching him at the plate, and I think, man, he looks really overmatched. You know, he just looks like he's behind on everything, and just not. I don't know. I know that. Well, you could have said that about JT Realmuto two weeks ago, and he's starting to come out of it, and maybe DD will. But the only difference is, is that JT was slumping, and it wasn't necessarily coming off injuries upon injuries the way DD has. And I just wonder if he's – I hate to use this term, but if he's cooked. I really do. Yeah, I mean, he, he was – see, before the last couple couple weeks, uh, the last 15 games batting just 170. Uh, but he was he was hitting before that. They were all. Well, I remember when they started that twelve game winning streak, right? He had a few yeah. big hits during there, and now they were it's, all singles. He's like, he's yeah, like he, they were, they he, were. he has, you know, the ball. He's not hitting the ball hard, and you got to think that that injury has something to do with it. So yeah. So we have to see. We you know, if you get Maton back, you get you get Camargo back. It gives you a lot more options, but uh. Oh, but, I mean, it gives you guys, but I mean, if you're relying on your offense to turn around because you have Maton and Camargo back, I mean, those guys are, to be fair, they're they're backups for good teams. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's uh, it's rough. Yeah. Real quick, do you do you give Schwarber any kind of? Can this guy win MVP? Ooh. Can this I'm guy not, win MVP? I haven't thought that far ahead. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait to answer that question. I, I definitely think he's an All Star. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Should be in the Home Run Derby. And yep. Could be a. Uh, could be a fun, uh, could be a, could be a fun season to watch, uh, Kyle Schwarber, but, uh, I, I, I won't go that far yet because we've, we've seen, the reason I'd be skeptical is we've seen Schwarber, uh, in the past have really big months, but not mm-hmm. put it together the entire season. So, so we'll see. Ask me again in August. Hey, the season is June for Kyle. It's still June. It's going to be <laughs> June 66th in about three weeks. All right. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, Phillies cleverly tweeted it was what June 36th or something, whatever yeah. they did. So, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, but hey, you know what? Get, how about he just sheds that whole Mr. June thing and just plays that well all year? I think that would be the ideal thing, huh? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fair to say we we talked about it a little last week. From a power and just slugging standpoint, probably the most fun Phillies player to watch since you could say Ryan Howard from that standpoint, or that amazing month that Raul or first half that Raul Banyas had and then that month that Reese Hoskins had when he got called up to the big leagues but this has been more than a month and this has been sort of what he's been for the last two years until the hamstring injury had last year so I and he's been a slugger for for a lot of his career so it, it to me it feels like kind of like a another Ryan Howard type of of Paul Bunyan-esque guy in, in your lineup who just Every single time he swings the bat, you think it might go. So before we depart, so I, you and Greg, uh, last time you were, you were saying the Phillies needed to win six out of those, those nine. So they go one and two against the Braves, mm-hmm. two and mm-hmm. one against the Cardinals, but guess what? They're, they're, they're not sweeping the Nationals. So, um, so the, the best, their best chance is to get to, to do this, uh, homestand five and four. Yeah. Uh, are you satisfied with that? I was really hoping for six, but, 
I was, I, I, you know, five is okay. It keeps you in there. Like I, anything less than five. So if they lose, you know, tonight's game um, against the Nationals, that'll be really, really disappointing. Yeah, they're <laughs> on paper. Uh, they they should they should uh be the favorites, right? Of course, they're facing a guy, um, one and eleven with a six nine seven ERA. Feels like a loss. What do you think? Yes, it should feel like a loss. <laughs> it should feel like two more home runs for Kyle Schwarber. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know anything about Yoana Doan. I don't know. In fact, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his name right. Yoana Doan. Uh, I'll find mm-hmm. out today. I don't have the Nats pronunciation guy, but. But 13 starts, 11 losses. You know what? I, I know they say wins and losses mean nothing, but when you have that many decisions, usually there's an yeah, indication of something. So pretty ominous right there for him. So, so yeah. hopefully, hopefully they will not make him two and 11, which I don't know. I, I feel like this season that the, the games that you're like, uh, oh wow, the Phillies have a real shot here. Oh, surprise bullpen game, not facing, not <laughs> facing right. Pablo Lopez. Oh, we should win this. Well, <laughs> that's well, a good point. That's a good yeah. point. Well, this Yoan Yoan uh, Adon has a one five one seven five whip, so the Phillies should get some base runners. He doesn't go deep in games. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, this this will close out the series here, and you can you can uh, put this in the win column, and then they keep on rolling into to St. Louis. But a big series in St. Louis again. Uh, they need to at least split that, ideally win, and then we'll see what happens in. Toronto and who is allowed to play. <laughs> and we'll 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 go from there. So hopefully we'll get to chat after that. Awesome. I think we will. We'll probably do that right after the Blue Jay series, the next Powder Blue, right? Yep. So right. Uh, for Frank Close, Jeff Mosher, this has been the Powder Blue Podcast. Special thanks to Greg Hall filling in last time. Hopefully we'll catch him again and we'll catch you again soon.